Walter Life with Brent and Jeff. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Good evening and welcome to the Alter Life. That statement is true of even our show, I believe. It starts off with a bang. Actually, maybe not. But <laughs> later there's always running and screaming. <laughs> but this is the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Thanks for tuning in. We have another episode of our Servanthood series, and it's going to be epic. Another one? Another one. Unbelievable. This is episode five of our Servanthood series. We're, we're on the second end of it now. There's going to be eight total. Spoiler alert. And uh, speaking of upcoming episodes, we are in episode 191, which means we are counting down to 200 episodes of The Alter Life. Party! I just went back for giggles and listened to our 10th episode, and we made it like it was like the most amazing thing, that we made it to 10. Uh Uh-huh. Now we've made it to 20 times that amount, almost. Unbelievable. Hopefully we don't get canceled in the next eight weeks, (laughs) and we get to 199, and it's like, no. (laughs) Tonight we've got a great episode, another one, episode five. And uh, the warning to the servant tonight, and um, you know, a little, a little warning. You know, listen to the alarm. You know, this is the check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of episode tonight. <laughs> warning, and uh, you know, we all need warnings. You know, I like the warnings, like on the oven. You know, when it says hot, don't touch. <laughs> I like those kinds of warnings. Like I'm six, six. So yeah. I like the watch your head warnings. Those are always helpful <laughs> to me at least. Low ceiling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Low clearance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, warnings are a good thing. They protect us from harm. And so tonight we're going to be looking at a passage in second Timothy chapter three, Trey. Um, and Paul's giving Timothy a warning here and we're going to look into that this evening and um, he starts describing what it's going to be like in the last days and uh, it's interesting he's telling Timothy because you know Timothy wasn't in the last days but obviously he's telling us right yeah you know I believe we're in the last days and so this applies you know and you can read this we'll read this list right now and you can start start thinking does it sound like our society for men will be lovers of themselves (laughs) lovers of money (laughs) Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That's interesting that's in there. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people turn away. There's one warning for tonight. Just kick us right off. He describes the evil person there jeff and tells us to stay away yeah i think it's interesting that it says right in there they have a form of godliness so it's like you really have to keep your eyes open because they may appear on the outward to be a believer but it says that they've gone over to the other side they become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god and it seems like he's warning him against those in the church and we'll go on and you'll see he gives examples of two different people and and uh, it's really it really does describe the time that we're in, and the scary thing is that it gets down to even disobedient to parents. It's like murder and evil and disobeying your parents. You're like, right in what? there. Same list. Uh, hear I'm, I'm hear just, that. I've, I've been smote. <laughs> the warning to the servant. In our first servanthood series, we talked about the characteristics of a servant and what they look. You know what a servant should look like. And in this series, we've been focusing on almost like the life 
the lifeline or the timeline of a servant, you know, from the beginning to the calling to, you know, now facing the warning of what you're going to face as you go out and um, as time wears on and the warfare that we're going to face um, and just the layout that Paul gives here. It's just unbelievable. Lovers of themselves. Do you think that, I mean, that's me. So this chapter is applicable already, but um, this society that we live in, they're without self-control. They don't love God. They act as though they're a God themselves and they deny the power of God. It's just so, <laughs> it's such an important warning for us all to listen to. And um, just taking us back to the first chapter of, of Second Timothy, you know, when Paul starts this epistle off, you know, he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. Isn't that interesting? He starts it off by saying, look, you know, I'm serving the Lord with a pure conscience. There's nothing on my mind and on my heart that's in the way, that's blocking my communion with the Lord. And now he's in chapter 3 describing an individual who is godless. You know, these people are lovers of themselves and they're, they love pleasure more than they love God. And, um, you know, what's interesting is that when you continue reading and he says, for this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins led by various lusts. Always, this is interesting to me, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's like, they're so smart, you know, they've got all the head knowledge, but they really don't know the truth, you know, in a relationship. They really don't know the real, the real truth of God. And, um, Paul is like, you know, exclaiming that he's the opposite of that. You know, he comes in and says, I have a clear conscience and challenging Timothy to live that way so that his servanthood, you know, being a servant to the community, um, there's nothing hindering him. You know, he's not disqualified, right? And, uh, but he's describing the opposite of that, those people who just are godless. Yeah, I mean, it's this is more than just a list of bad things. He's saying, you know, look at this. And it, what's comforting is that he's predicting it. So yeah. it's like, it's not out of nowhere. Timothy's not like, what is happening? Where are all the Christians? What's ha-? You know, how we get sometimes we're like, oh, the world is just just awful. And we're just like so angry at everyone. And, yeah. oh, these people need to get like voted out. <laughs> you know, we get all up in arms. And... um we're not surprised, or we shouldn't be at least, that the world is getting worse because the Bible says that it is, and all the more important for us to be steadfast and to to cling to the truth because it's being it's, it's being eroded. The truth of God's word and the real absolute truth is being just plummeled. I can't even talk tonight. It's okay. It's being pummeled. <laughs> I wanted to say plummeted, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's probably that too, but <laughs> it's being pummeled so that anybody who, ha- who stands for the truth is seen as like self-righteous or fundamentalist or a terrorist or something. <laughs> People act all weird about it, but it's not that weird. Jeff, as you were talking about that godless society and the one that, you know, doesn't want to have to do anything with God. But in, in America, it's kind of weird because, you know... If you stand for anything, you're kind of weird. It's almost like, you know, that's cool. That's like, it's a very personal thing, you know. Like, if that's, if that's what you want to do, that's great, you know, whatever. Just don't leave me alone. Don't, yeah. don't put me in that, right? And, um, you know, here's these people who know a lot. They're true. 
they know a lot of truth. They know a lot of things, but they don't know the truth. They have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Isn't that where we're at? Like, you know, we all kind of look like we're Christians. We all kind of look like we've got it together, but there's, we're powerless. There's nothing. We're not really standing on anything or standing for anything. Um, how can we be effective for the kingdom if we don't aren't willing to stand for what we believe in. That was Run Kid Run with Rescue Me. Timothy's probably feeling that way as Paul's telling him what's going to happen. He's, he's reading this letter and he's like, what? Lovers of themselves? Unloving? Haters of good? What? He's probably getting a little worried and wants, uh, wants out. But um, as we see, Paul always encouraging Timothy to stand strong and, and to be bold. You know, imagine this scenario where <laughs> you're in the middle of this with all these types of rabble-rousers out there, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty. I love the words the Bible uses, words that cut right to it. There's no, like, ifs, ands, or buts about you're headstrong and haughty. Boom. (laughs) It's not like, well, you know, a little self-absorbed, maybe a little opinionated. No. Boom. (laughs) Headstrong. Haughty. Deal with it. (laughs) Uh, Confident. No. Haughty. No. Haughty. And, Not uh, words. Meanwhile, it says, he, he encourages him, like, hey, turn away from these people because they're going to be all around you. He's warning him. He's like, listen, you're going to come with, in touch with these people in the church, in you know everyday life. You're going to have these people. And at first glance, you're going to be like, yeah, these, this is sheep. You know, these are believers. All right, this is cool. And then, bam, the fangs are going to come out. The wool is going to go flying. And you need to look out for these people because they're, they have a form that's like godliness, but they don't they don't accept the power of godliness and i love that as brent was saying you they're always learning they're always like feeding themselves and getting new information and they have no excuse because they're learning the truth but they haven't come to a knowledge of the truth there's like a difference there it's like it's going in the going in their ear you know they're digesting it and they have it in their their quick wikipedia reference points but it's not in them and they don't live according to that truth. And that's, that's the scary part. They sneak in to houses, you know, take captives, lead away by various lusts. They're, they're actually, they think they're smart, but they're actually being led by another kingdom. You know, they're being led by the latest fad. They're being led by the, the thing they think is the way to go, but really they're just being led like the swine down the side of the mountain. Right. And it's sad. It should sadden us because we should be wanting to see these people turn their lives around for him. That was Man What You Doing by FM Static. Before that, you heard Mr. Windbag by The Televangelist, a cool song talking about how things are going down. doesn't matter what you say. Things are getting worse and worse. And, um, you know. I know a few of those, those yeah. windbag types. <laughs> you know, those are the people who love to hear themselves talk and they love to tell people how amazing they are and how much they know but you know they everyone knows how much of a windbag they really are yeah right just to interject for a second <laughs> before you get started i lo- it's something that's so frustrating to me is like all these people like they're atheists or this or that and they're like uh, and they have their opinions as though they're the first person to have ever thought that right like, okay there's like thousands of years of civilization and guess what you're like on the back end okay <laughs> like <laughs> Solomon said there's nothing new under right. the sun. There's so all these people that like give you attitude about your beliefs as a Christian, you know, they're they're just rehashing the same old arguments. Nonsense. Yeah. 
It's interesting because Paul, Paul actually mentions these two guys, Jannies and Jamborees, resisting Moses. I love their names. They're great. You just feel like they're part of the party. Jannies and Jamborees. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so, like d- a percussion <laughs> instrument. The Jamborees. Did anybody bring the Jamborees? <laughs> uh, or like really cool, ugly shorts from the 80s. Or jam- oh, those are jams. Um, so do these also resist the truth? Men of corrupt minds disapproving concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly be manifest to all as theirs also was. It's like, you know, they become true, but you know, at the end of the day, they all look like fools. And it's because the smartness that they they were so proud of, you know, themselves, (laughs) their theories, their ideas of what should be, their deceptions, you know, the Bible says that, you know, truth always remains god's word lasts forever right so they find themselves at the end you know found out as being fools and um you know we you know if you're if you're on that path and you think you're all smart you know you know there's several folks that i've met that i really pray for because they their minds are what's getting in the way of them seeing the real truth it's like the truth that they've concocted in their minds whether it be you know evolution whether it be you know the worldly wisdom stuff the psychology stuff you know the stuff it's gotten them in the way of them really understanding the truth of God's word because they think they're so smart they've already figured it out so they don't need God it's almost like God's for those people that you know don't understand all the stuff that I know yeah you know and it's and it's so sad because it darkens their their minds for what the truth really is yeah i mean just jumping down a little bit to, to lead into the next song in verse 13 it says but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived so it's like cyclical they'll just spread their lies and then they're gonna feed and buy into their own lies the altar life music truth real Period. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That was Jumpstart Your Electric Heart by Kevin Max. Yeah, that's right. I picked the Kevin Max double play. What are you going to do about it? It's my I show. I think I'm going to just talk about <laughs> something that's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Just like Kevin Max is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited about this unbelievable. Something. Really yeah, something that... Um, is pretty archaic at this point. Like you don't see it too often. Although people do come to my door to like sell things, like Boy Scouts and uh, Jehovah's Witness. And this this unbelievable <laughs> is brought to you by Chapter Three, Verse Six. By the way, yeah, <laughs> that's door to door salesmen. You know, the guys who showed up with their showed up with their catalogs and their briefcases trying to sell you a set of an encyclopedias or a vacuum cleaner. You know? They pull open their jacket and there's like brochures to foreign lands. <laughs> And all you have to do is just buy the, the cookware yep. <laughs> and then the cutlery. Trying to convince gullible women to purchase <laughs> household items that they currently do not need. But Yeah, just for you women that are listening out there. Now, we're just quoting the Bible here, okay? Back right. off. Yeah. Easy. Because I, <laughs> I put myself in that gullible woman category because... because <laughs> well, for obvious reasons. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, stop it. No, because uh, I actually um, will just buy things that I think look cool, yeah. even though I don't need them. Uh, <laughs> As my, seen on TV. I'm wa- sold. My wife is totally the less gullible of the two of us. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's the typical... That's the stereotypical... That's what unbelievable is all about, right? Stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, Pro show. Don't you need this vacuum? Look! And then they dump like this 
special dirt like on the ground. <laughs> it's like, like, it's like oh, you made my cup, my rug dirty, but wait, watch this vacuum cleaner <laughs> operate. You know, it's gone. Yeah, amazing. Let me destroy your property, and then I'll make you want to buy something <laughs> because you you gave me an anxiety attack when you destroyed my <laughs> white couch with the red wine. Here comes the hardworking <laughs> husband coming home. Guess what, honey? I bought a vacuum cleaner. You what? <laughs> How much did that cut put us back? Oh, yeah, about one like, G. I only, <laughs> sa- but guess what? I saved you four hundred dollars. It was going to be three thousand, but I got it for twenty six hundred. <laughs> like, or you could have saved me three thousand dollars by not buying anything. Well, the classic on sale conversation. <laughs> it's like you could have saved me a whole lot of money Man, just I think not it, buying it. There really is. Uh, there's not enough door to door salesmen anymore. I know. I'm going door to door to bring you this. You know. Anyway. <laughs> That reminds me of Pee-wee's Playhouse. It's called the internet. <laughs> Let's pause for a station ID, shall we? This is episode 191, The Warning of a Servant, episode 5 of our Servanthood series in the book of 2 Timothy, y'all. Why don't you do us a favor and check out our website, www.thealterlife.com. You can also check out the blogs. Yeah, that's right. They're back. Yeah. With a vengeance. And you can um, you can now subscribe to them and have them sent directly to your email box by going on thealterlife.blogspot.com. And um, I like them. One of one for each episode so far, and uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of have it there. And then it gives you something to to chew on throughout yeah. the week. I think Jeff, that's good. I like it a lot. I, I think you're Jeff. You've been writing them. I think they've been they've just been great. So thank you. I've been blessed, <clears throat> and of course, uh, I'm blessed, and everyone's good. <laughs> no, uh, but we're uh, we're excited about this topic. You know, we spent a lot of time so far talking about the. Uh, the foolish, godless man, you know, these perilous times that we're in and the description of what not to be as a servant. And in the second hour here, we're going to be talking about further, um, some, some more warning, warnings from Paul about persecution in this perilous time, you know, that the Timothy and we find ourselves in. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions. There's some things in that list I don't want to be involved with. Yeah, do you notice how it gets worse with each no. word? It's like, manner oh, of life, okay. Faith. Manner of life. Yeah. Long-suffering, yeah. what? Perseverance, what? Persecutions, afflictions. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, he softens it. <laughs> Timothy starts with a smile, and his smile internally turns into a look of fear. <laughs> Turn that frizzle upside dizzy. <laughs> Paul says, that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. <laughs> Paul, going down memory lane, yeah. recapping reality. I love Paul because he's real, you know? I think he's very alter life. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, just lays Seriously. it out there, you know? Like, man, you know, just laying it out for not... And I, I appreciate this because Timothy's a young guy, you know, and, you know, we tend to, in the church want to sugarcoat the calling like you know just get saved man your life's going to be turned around and you know everything will be great like you know we tend to want to sell the gospel by not by not being real but kind of telling people just the good stuff and um no it's great don't get me wrong um but there's there's some parts of it too that are you know somewhat difficult you know god's will in your life isn't always the way you thought it would work out you know, that's just the way it goes. And, yeah. and um, you know, I, we tend to kind of hide the reality. But I love the Paul here because he's just kind of laying it out saying, man, it gets worse, like you said. But then he says, look, this happened to me over and over again. 
and I was able to endure it. Yeah, I mean, we don't want as a church to have a bunch of, you know, the second soil, the rocky road, <laughs> as they, as the Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower, where everybody's all excited about accepting the gospel. Yeah, this is awesome. Why wouldn't I want this? And then something bad happens, and they're like, "Whoa, hold up, we're out of here." <laughs> they're like, "Whoa, cool your jets. This is a little crazy." But I love Paul because he doesn't just lay the smack down. He says, but that he, he shows God in it. He says, and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Is that all? That's all you need to hear right there. The Altar Life. Music. Please give us the power to blow people's minds with our high voltage rock. Truth. Come on now, don't be bashful. Real. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. The Altar Life. With Brent. Someone need a hug. And Jeff. I like to eat. Is that such a crime? Period. That was Hold On by Stellar Cart. And as we were talking about in the previous segment, Paul's going down the list of everything that that Timothy has seen Paul do and, and has begun to experience for himself. Things such as persecution and affliction. And <laughs> Paul's like, Timothy, you know. Come on, Bo. You were there. <laughs> so uh, he doesn't have, he's like, I don't have to get into details what happened to me. The persecutions that I adored, and out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. There wasn't one that Paul could say up to this point that God wasn't there. It's unbelievable. He's sitting there talking, writing this letter. Obviously, God delivered him from all those terrible things. Being shipwrecked, getting bitten by a snake, being chained to the stocks, you know, getting almost torn apart in Ephesus and all the different things that he encountered. You know, he's, he's going to get, he gets stoned to death and then comes back to life. And then goes back in and t- to the same city that stoned him. You know, he's just, he's on fire, man. And he says, the Lord delivered me out of all of those things. Why wouldn't I continue to follow the Lord? And he encourages Timothy to do the same. And, um, you know, Paul goes on and he says, yes. And all who de- desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Amen. Take Life first the right there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's really neat. Like, the more I grow in Christ... You know, the more I realize how when my mind is not focused on earthly things and when my mind is focused on heavenly things, how it's easier to digest those kinds of things. You know, Paul, man, to be like Jeff said, to be able to be stoned to death and to get up and go back, come back from the dead, kind of, and then go back in and continue to minister. You have to be heavenly minded and you have to be able to look at the sick circumstances and not put your whole Joy and your whole, um, and your whole faith in the things around you, because when those things fall apart, you know, you're not left with any hope. You're hopeless, you know. And so many godless people are in that place where the, you know, the walls fall down in their life, and they're without hope because that's the thing that they were putting their faith in. And Paul's here saying, "Look, take it to the bank. If you want to follow and live godly." You're going to suffer persecution, and that's a promise. Now, what are you going to do with that? You know, are you are you going to? Oh man, that means I'm not going to live godly because you care more about your you know earthly surroundings and your circumstances than actually loving. You love, you you know, you're a lovers of pleasure rather than a lover of God. Or do you really love God and believe that, you know, like like for Paul that he will be with you through those things and. You know, be able to sit in a prison and praise God because in the, you know, in those prisons weren't fun. It wasn't like prisons in the United States. Uh, you know, sitting in a prison with your buddy Silas, worshiping, singing hymns in the middle of the night. You're able to do that because the joy that you have is in the Lord. It's not in your surroundings. Yeah, um, I, um, 
I just think that Paul's doing Timothy a, a great service by telling him this because he doesn't want Timothy's faith to, to fail. You know, he's saying, hey, this is going to happen. This is kind of like what Jesus talked to Peter. He's like, Satan's desiring to sift you as wheat, but I pray that your faith won't fail. Paul's saying, let me clue you in here. Everything's really exciting. Everything's really happening right now. And you might be in a, in a church or in a ministry where things are just booming. And it's like, man, I can't do anything wrong. I got the Midas touch up in here. <laughs> But guess what? Things are going to get tough. And, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense to, you know, to, to know ahead of time that God is going to be there for you in that persecution. And Spurgeon said, paraphrase, enduring persecution and suffering and temptation will never be as painful as giving in and the guilt that comes from that. You're listening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Slam, Toby Mac, and Extreme Days before Boom. that. I like that. The slam. the slam. We're not, you know, he's not telling Timothy like, hey, watch out. Be careful. You know, it's not like you're okay. He's like, yeah. he's like, hey, this is going to happen. And Timothy's like, okay, let's do it, man. Let's go. The slam. Slam. Booyah. Yeah. So, so what are you going to do with that tonight? You know, that's a challenge for all of us tonight as we look at our lives and we look at our surroundings and we, we look at our faith, you know, and you may be in the middle of it, you know, in the middle of the persecution. You might not be. You might be far away from it and one of the questions if you're far away from it is why you know is your life that ineffective that you're not getting persecuted I and mean, that's a challenge for me like there's a promise here that you're going to experience some level of persecution some hardship because of your your um deciding to follow christ and um are you are you experiencing that you know in this world of america where you know your faith is your faith is it really just your faith are you talking about it do people know about it um those are all very sobering questions, but you can take comfort in the fact that uh, God will be with you, you know, and He is with you. And you can live a little more out loud, and He has your back. Nobody has regretted putting all on the altar. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Politicians by Switchfoot, and it's a great song for what Brent was talking about earlier. If you, if you just tuned in, what Brent was talking about was the reason Paul was able to endure these things is because he was heavenly minded. And, you know, that song says, I pledge allegiance to a country without borders, yeah. without politicians. You know, <laughs> it's a heavenly country. That's where we have our allegiance. That perspective brings us to a decision to make. Um, if you take that verse that we just talked about, desiring to live godly you're not going to suffer persecution if you don't desire to live godly so you can think about that for a second <laughs> um, but if you desire to live godly that's when the persecution is going to come so the question is which do you care more about do you care more about yourself and not being uncomfortable or, or not being comfortable or having to sacrifice or give things up or do you care more about living godly because that's what it ultimately comes down to. That's how Paul was able to make this decision was godliness and a relationship with God is more important than my own personal comfort, my own life even. So there was no other choice for him to make than to face this persecution. And in our in our life, in our country, we don't really face this kind of persecution, so it's hard. But we don't even have this kind of persecution, yet we still don't live godly. So what's our excuse? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just interesting. And it is interesting. I think our problem here in the United States is that we don't we don't have to count the cost. You know, you can get saved by walking down an aisle and people clap. 
<laughs> and everyone's excited in the church that you got saved, then you can leave and like not let anyone know that anything happened. You can kind of live under the radar. Or you could live, hey, I'm a Christian. Everyone goes, that's great. And that's where it stops. Yeah. And you're not really having to count the cost in this country. <laughs> um, and when you do have to count the cost, you know, hopefully you count it and you go, man, is it, it's so much worth, it's, it's worth way more to be a doorkeeper in the kingdom of heaven, right? Better is one day in your courts than thousand days elsewhere, right? It's so much better to be with you, God. And um, because you know what? At the end, that's who will remain. God will remain. The rest of this world will fade away. Moth and rust will destroy it. Um, you know, and we're going to be able to stand there grounded in the Holy Scriptures. And that's what he goes on to say, assured that you know from childhood, you've known the Scripture that's the thing that will last. Your salvation is something that will never go away. And, um, man, like, like you said, Jeff, like, you know, we swear allegiance to a kingdom that doesn't have borders, you know, that is God's kingdom. And that's where we want to find ourselves at the end of the day. And, man, when we're able to do that, how much of a servant, can, effective servant are we in this world? Because we know this is not our home, you know, and this is a temporary place for us. And uh, kind of where we're at now, things are falling apart. And it's time to make a decision whether we're going to stand up and live godly or not. If we're going to find ourselves in comfortable lazy boys or if we're going to stand up and say, no, I desire godliness above personal comfort. And if that means I'm going to face persecution, then so be it. And it, it's a challenge and it's, it's encouraging, but also really scary at the same time. You know, just to finish out verse 13, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but you must continue. This is what Brent was saying, which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Isn't that a testimony? That goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning of the series. Parents, grandparents, get your kids in the word at a young age. It's going to do wonders for them, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It comes back to the word. That's where we'll go next week as we continue on in our Servanthood series. We're so thankful you tuned in. Don't forget to check out our website, request songs. We'd love to hear from you and be encouraged. Don't let this be like a big pity party that things are bad out there. You knew that already. You check yahoo.com or CNN or the news. You know that things are tough, but it's up to us to stand and live godly and face persecution for the hope that we have and to share it with others until next week be cool cats live for christ Christ.